The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Fantasy football feels like it's in full swing right now. Our Dynasty League has begun. You know, the one we talked about, the startup Dynasty League from a few months ago that we've been planning. And training camps have begun. AFC Championship Game Preview, the Jets training camp, the Chiefs training camp. Those are both underway. Uh, And more and more and more will be opening up this week. We're really excited for it. And we're excited to talk about some training camp risers and fallers predicting which players will have a big uh, bump up or down in their average draft position. We also have a lot of news to get to. And we have Heath and Jamie here. Heath, we haven't talked to you in a little while. How was your week last week and your weekend? It was fantastic. I discovered something very surprising. I am kind of a, not in the way people think of it, but I'm kind of a South Beach guy. Really? We went went to South Beach for a couple days, my wife, and it was just fantastic. I enjoyed it more than the times when we've gone to the Keys. It was a really nice uh, few days of just... I mean, it was hot, but it was, you had the ocean and the pool and it was really nice. That's good. That's right. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, it's a nice beach. You know, it's, it's a big scene down there, but the, just the beach itself, the sandy part, very nice beach. Jamie, how are we doing? Doing well. How about yourself, Adam? How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Jamie and I had a very interesting text conversation about fantasy football yesterday. We'll let you all in on that conversation and let Heath weigh in. Um, all right, real quick, because uh, we're not going to get to the risers and fallers for a little while. We have so much news to get to, so let's do a little fill in the blank. The biggest training camp riser will be blank. The biggest training camp riser will be blank. I will say Anthony Richardson. I think he's still outside of the top 12 quarterbacks in terms of all ADP that I see. Some of it you look at, and he's like QB 18 or QB 20. And so if he gets named the starter, he'll definitely be in the top 12 and he'll probably be in the top 10. It's a good one. Jamie, how about you? The biggest training camp riser will be blank. Um, I'm going to say Jameer Gibbs. I think he's got a chance to approach the top 12 running backs. 
if he continues to, if he performs like he's supposed to. There's there's been some video of him. I think the Lions have also maybe started as well. Uh, there's been some some video of him catching passes from Jared Goff, and obviously, anytime you get those things, and then people like me who who make jokes, but they think it's serious when I do the rocket chips. Um, <laughs> he uh, he he's 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 just fun. You know, I think he's going to be a, a good fantasy option as well. Yeah, you know. On NFC is already RB12. Fantasy Sharks is RB17. So it really depends on where you're looking for uh, for Jameer Gibbs. Um, all right, how about the biggest fantasy faller will be blank. Or sorry, biggest training camp faller for fantasy will be blank. I think it's the two holdout running backs. Okay. Barkley and Jacobs. Uh, you know, if they... If they play this out like they could when fantasy drafts start to happen, people get concerned, you know? And so when you're talking about those two guys as top 10 running backs and you put them in the same range as, you know, as high probably as like Bijan and as low maybe as, you know, I don't, I don't know if they'll fall behind like that Ramondre Stevenson group, but, you know, they're going to fall. I, I think people will start to panic. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely going to happen. It's really easy for me to say on – July 24th, there's no way that they and their agents are going to look at this market and actually sit out and give up money because there's no money to be had later. Um, But I do agree with Jamie that if we get to August 24th and they're both still skipping training camp, their ADP is going to fall. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but at this point, would you take Nick Chubb over both Barkley and Jacobs? I'm not downgrading them yet not yet but i mean look they're they're definitely going to hold out you know so they're going to be training camp holdouts are they going to be game holdouts uh that's the question you know and and they're going to try and you know leverage and posture and say all the things that they need to say to hopefully help themselves but at this point you know i i think the writing's on the wall that they're going to have to play out their their season to you know get their you know the, to accrue the, the the games that they need, you know, for next season to get their money. You know, I thought Nick Chubb's quote was interesting. He was asked about over the weekend. He was on the Zoom that Austin Eckler set up with the running backs, and he said our production ends up hurting us. You know, the better we play, the 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 worse it ends up hurting their their potential to earn long term right. money. I, I wonder what that sort of means. You know, in terms of you know, he said all the right things. I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize my team, but he's one of those guys that's going to be up next year. So it's 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 a very fascinating development that we have to keep an eye on. But I think in in regards to those two guys for fantasy. Uh, I don't think they're going to fall yet. I, I think you just got to, you know, make sure that you you understand, follow the news, and hopefully you draft late enough for your redraft leagues that it it will give you enough information to know when you're when you're picking those guys. But yes, if they do hold out long enough, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if that if that scenario happens. Nick Chubb is one of those guys that can go ahead of ahead okay. of them. Uh, Heath, did you have another follower you wanted to mention? I, I'll go with two more running backs, and I don't know which one it'll be, but whoever's the last to get off the pup, Reese Hall or J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think Hall's now basically a, a round two pick, around RB12 most places. Um, now, uh, some of the best ball ADP is probably around four because that's the way the running backs are being drafted. But I, I still think, even when he's cleared in 100%, it's likely that this is more of a committee than people are drafting it to be, especially in Hull's first year back off the ACL. But if he spends two, three weeks on the pup for the same reason as Barkley at Jacobs, that uncertainty, his ADP is definitely going to fall. And what did you make of J.K. Dobbins opening up on the pup list? 
I hate it. So I, I saw a couple of things where he, um, I guess, had some sort of surgery this offseason, maybe cleanup process. And then there was also the soft tissue injury that he had in minicamp that caused him to sit, which a lot of people, I think, just attributed to him being unhappy about his contract. Um, there was a report, I think, on the Ravens team site, you know, the, the stories that they do there, where he was seemingly in the facility and, and I think the quote was, he was all smiles. So I'm guessing it's just more precautionary than anything. I, I, I totally agree with Heath on, on Brees Hall, but I think Dobbins will probably come off. I'm going to guess this week. Okay. A lot of people are just going to slash, uh, going to throw the injury prone label on J.K. Dobbins and don't want any part of him, I guess. Uh, if he's a fourth round pick, are you guys comfortable with J.K. Dobbins? Let's say he's off the pup list within a week. You know, good with him as a fourth round pick? I love him in the fourth round, and I would even take him late round three if it's a heavy running back draft. Only heavy running backs? Like, what, 215 or more pounds? Or? Um, 220. Okay. 220. All right. Sorry. I got to, uh, there we go. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, quick dynasty draft update. We have named the draft. It was uh, the name of the league. It's been the name TBD league. It is now the baked burger dynasty league and the baked burger burger dynasty league has been on the clock for one hour and 51 minutes. This is our startup dynasty league with, uh, five CBS people, me, Jamie Heath, Thomas Schaefer, and Dan Schneier, uh, two people who donated very generously to St. Jude, and five people who I kind of know. Uh, and in an hour and 51 <laughs> minutes, we have made zero picks. We do not have a pick yet, so we'll keep you posted on that. We do have a trade. We have someone traded their first their rookie pick, their first round rookie pick, and the 12th overall pick for the fifth overall pick in the startup draft, which, by the way, does include rookies, rookies and veterans. So there you go. Now you know everything about the Baked Burger Dynasty League. Uh, the interesting conversation that Jamie and I had. We'd love to know how Heath feels about this. We're talking about Dak Prescott. We're just two dudes texting about Dak Prescott on a Sunday. And the question is, is Dak Prescott closer to the Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson, Tua group? And I put Richardson in there because that's the way you guys have it ranked. I know ADP doesn't have it like that. But, you know, more like quarterbacks 8, 9, 10, Richardson, Watson, Tua, or the... Cousins, Geno, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers group. Uh, I feel like I was kind of leaning. Dak was more in the Richardson, Watson, Tua group. And Jamie was kind of leaning. He was more in the Cousins, Geno, Daniel Jones, Wilson, Rodgers group. I don't know if I'm forgetting any names or including too many. But Heath, what do you think? Where's Dak Prescott for you? Uh, he is, well, I mean, he's in between those two groups. This is the reason you're asking the question. But I actually, I do have him quite a bit closer to the um, the Watson group. I think he, like I'm a little bit concerned that the offense in Dallas, the pass attempts won't be there for Dak to give us another top five season. Um, I don't know that he has that. I mean, he's one another one of these guys who over a five or six game stretch, I think multiple times, has shown us the 30-point upside. I don't think he probably has that with McCarthy running things there and how good we think the defense is going to be. But I still expect that unless he's hurt, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. All right, Jamie, what do you think? You think he's closer to the Cousins group, right? Dak Prescott? Yeah, but I don't think that's, you know, should be viewed as a negative thing. You know, I, I think as Heath said, I don't know if he has the ability to get back to being a top five guy. And the three guys that you mentioned, Richardson, Watson, and Tua, I could see them being top five guys. Not Obviously, Dak can do it. But um, just based on, I, I think, the, the loss of Kellen Moore and what McCarthy kind of wants. And again, you've heard me say this many times because going back to the owner's meetings, 
he sort of backtracked off of that because it was right after the the you know more was was let go from the team or moved on from the team that it was kind of taken out of context about him wanting to be more run heavy you know and he said at the at the owners meetings for example that how do you replace Ezekiel Elliott well you distribute the ball differently he said you know we could see more throws at the goal line situations you know certain things that could change and obviously what they've done this offseason you know bringing in Brandon Cooks not bringing another running back of significance you know it kind of says they're still going to throw the ball enough but I think just hearing what McCarthy said and how they won last year when Dak was not there you know where they just didn't necessarily have to rely on their passing game to be dominant and I think that's kind of where this offense is trending like I don't think they want Dak to have to go out and win games I think they're happy with him just not being a game manager but a little bit better than that you know and I think that's kind of just where he is right now so Cousins, to me, feels a lot similar to Dak as opposed to Dak being compared to what Anthony Richardson could be if Richardson hits. Obviously, there's a different floor conversation, but ceiling, I think, you know, you lean toward those guys. So, um, to me, it's kind of that's the the, the bridge, uh, essentially. It's like Dak's in between those guys, like he said, and I think the upside is a little bit capped. In terms of pace of play, time in between snaps. In the last four seasons, the Cowboys under Kellen Moore, pay attention to anybody who wants Justin Herbert, they were second, first, second, and fourth in pace of play. They were one of the fastest teams in football, getting the ball snapped and getting going. Uh, the Packers were nothing like that under Mike McCarthy. Um, their pace of play ranked. They were first in pace of play in his first season as head coach. But other than that, I don't think they were higher than 11th. Or no, they, were, they weren't higher than 10th any other year. Um, they had some very, very slow seasons. They actually did run a decent amount of plays. They were usually in the top half of the league in plays, because, you know, they were on the field. They were good. They were efficient, picking up first down, staying on the field. But pace of play was completely different. Play is run. It'll be lower. It'll be lower. Um, I don't th- I don't think they'll be – they might be slow, but they're still going to probably run a lot of plays because they're going to be a good offense. And I think, like, you brought up one thing that, for me, is difficult in doing projections because Kellen Moore has always been that really high pace of play guy. But he's going to a Chargers team that ran a ton of plays – because every play was designed to go for three yards. Um, And so I don't know that Justin Herbert actually sees an increase. In fact, I haven't projected for fewer plays than they ran last year, Mm -hmm. even though they do have Kellen Moore going there, who has been a very fast OC. Okay, that's a good point. I think Uh, also, though, just the the Rodgers comparison, or the the Packers comparison, Aaron Rodgers has said this. He likes to run the clock down. Right. Yeah. So he can observe everything. I don't think Dak is like that. Green 18! (laughs) Right. Green 18! Uh, right at the right at the buzzer. All right, thank you uh, for that Dak Prescott conversation. We're going to get into our training camp risers and followers after we update you on all the news and notes and tell you about Heath's Dynasty Show. It is no longer in this podcast feed. It is in its own special, awesome, retro podcast feed with the coolest logo in town. FFT Dynasty, Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, check out FFT or Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. You can still watch it live Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Um, that's the Dynasty Show. The Podcast Awards. I think we got another week or so for you to nominate us on podcastawards.com. So go to podcastawards.com. There's also a link in the episode description. And we're nominated in, th- or we're a finalist, or I don't know, we're something. You can nominate us in three categories. People's Choice, Best Male Host, Ed Podcast, and best sports podcast. So please nominate us in those three categories. People's Choice, Best Male Hosted Podcast, and Best Sports Podcast. And thank you very much. We really appreciate it. We want to win this year. I think we were probably runner-up last year. Okay, so let's win this year. Okay, news and notes. So I was not invited to the Zoom call yesterday, but all the running backs had a Zoom. A lot of the running backs had a Zoom call. 
And according to NBC Sports, participants in that call felt that Josh Jacobs does not plan to show up for training camp or the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, we already addressed this. But he seems a little... Saquon Barkley seems angry. Josh Jacobs seems a little angrier. Um, Should we be drafting Zamir White? Do you think any chance Zamir White has the third down role, or is that definitely going to be Abdullah or Bolden or something? Heath, what do you think about Zamir White? I, I mean, we should be drafting Zamir White, yes. But it's still one of the last two non-kicker or defense rounds for me. Um, and I don't think that there will be somebody who's on the field sharing with Jacobs a lot. That, enough to matter. I think it's Jacobs has to miss time for any of those guys to matter. All right, Jamie, The we already talked about Dobbins. We didn't talk about Melvin Gordon, though. The Ravens signed Melvin Gordon. And they have Gus Edwards, obviously. Is there a backup that you're interested in on Baltimore? It's still Gus Edwards. You know, I, I think as long as he's healthy, he's on in the same, you know, boat as, as J.K. Dobbins, two years removed from the ACL tear. They toured basically in the same month in 2021 prior to the season. And so Edwards has been five yards per carry every year of his career. You know, he's, he's going he's gonna to be productive. Um, the thing about Melvin Gordon, I, I know people look at it and say, wow, he's got still the name recognition. I don't think a lot of people realize he was on the Chiefs practice squad the majority of the second half of the year. Actually won a Super Bowl ring, um, but he never played in Kansas City. You know, so he's past 30. He struggled, you know, at the end of his Broncos tenure, bounced around until he ended up with Kansas City. So um, I think there's just more. They got stuck a couple times over the last couple of years without somebody that they probably feel like they trust. And this is more, I think, a scenario of somebody that they trust. So. I wouldn't put too much attention on it. And the, and the contract, you know, up to $3 million, I'm sure it's just very incentive-laden. I, I don't think we've seen the, right. the release yet on what the money is, but it's, you know, probably has to do a lot to earn the $3 million. I, yeah, I, I think, um, and I think I think Josina Anderson had a, had a report out yesterday or the day before that both Gus and Ed Dobbins are expected to be 100%. Like, this is just a depth signing. I think it tells us more about the state of the running back market the fact that Melvin Gordon got signed and Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook are all still free agents with training camp starting for everybody. Like the, the way to get a job as a veteran running back is to agree to take an incentive-laden deal. Yeah. There's not guaranteed money available right now. All right. Biggest news, maybe. Javante Williams not expected to start training camp on the pup list. So since July 1st, it's more than 100 drafts on NFC. Javante Williams is RB26, which is basically the same ADP as DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, and Damian Pierce. It's ahead of James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco, and David Montgomery. So, Jamie, what do you think about Javante Williams in that range right now? With and Look, I mean, maybe he's going to be even higher. This is a training camp risers show. Javante Williams could certainly be the, one of the biggest risers. Um, should he be going ahead of DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, Damian Pierce, James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery? He should go ahead of Pacheco, and he should go ahead of Swift, uh, but that's it for me. Um, I, I still have the same reservations. This is great news, and it's it's obviously exciting, but there's so much uh, history that tells us that these guys, in year one after their ACL tear, unless your name is Adrian Peterson, they, they struggle. And so I, I think that's just something you have to take into you know account, and we – we saw last year firsthand, you know, J.K. Dobbins, for example. Um, I think this is going to be a shared backfield to begin with, and and probably the majority of the season. Even if Javante is healthy, he should be the lead guy over Samaj P. Ryan. But they're going to both split time. It's a great situation. You know, the additions that they made this offseason from Sean Payton to the two offensive linemen should make things a lot better. But I still always worry about 
these guys coming off ACL tears and, you know, especially if they come off, they come back too soon, you know, so there's always the risk of something else. We see sometimes, you know, uh, ACL is fine, but the hamstring, you know, compensating something else, soft tissue uh, becomes an issue also. So I, I'm, I'm still probably out on Javante Williams if he creeps up too high, but he's, he's going to move up one spot for me right now. He's 27. He'll move ahead of DeAndre Swift. All right, I just, I still, I guess now, we kept saying, you know, why why is Brees Hall ranked so much higher, being drafted so much earlier than Javante Williams? And I think one of the reasons was uh, he had a less severe injury. But now, I mean, you, I guess you could say that Javante is ahead of Brees Hall. Hall's on the pup list. Javante not expected to be. So I don't, what's your I take? don't think we know for sure. Um I think some of this could be team specific in terms of how comfortable they are bringing a guy off a pup at certain points. I, I wouldn't want to take it that far quite yet. If we go another week and Javante is doing everything and Brees Hall still on the pup, then I would say I think Javante is ahead of Brees Hall. But like Brees Hall's running, they were talking about how he's clocked at 23 miles an hour or something. Um, he's He's there. He's just not ready to to practice. Is Javante going to be a part-time player, just not on the pup for a week? And then they're both in the same stage. Um, so I'm not ready to say Javante's ahead of him yet. Okay. But I, I do think round six at RB26 is a good price. I've got Javante at RB20 in round five. So okay, I, I think there's also a talent difference here too. You know, you're yeah. drafting, if, if both these guys are healthy, Brees Hall is a much better fantasy option. At least he's proven so in the small sample size, <laughs> you know, what you project. Um, but I, I, I think that factors in also. But, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I, I think just looking, I'm looking at the rankings here. Heath, you have them five guys apart. Brees Hall's at 15. Williams is at 20. They're six spots apart for me. Um, yeah. And Heath and I, I think, for the most part, have been the, the low guys on Brees Hall. I wouldn't, as, as I've said here, I, I wouldn't take them until round four right now. You know, so um, that's way behind, I think, where ADP is. Man, remember that one game in 2021 against Kansas City when Melvin Gordon did not play? Week 13, Javante Williams, 23 carries, 102 yards, 6 catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. 29.8 fantasy points, but he's just never... That's really been his only game where he's been the guy, and he came through. All right, uh, back to the news and notes. Probably pick up the pace a little bit here so we can get to the crux of the show. But uh, Brees Hall is on the pup list, as mentioned. That's old news. That was from last week. But Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, oh, Naeem Hines. That broke this morning. Buffalo running back Naeem Hines expected to miss the season with a knee injury. We weren't really talking about him. I I guess in the back of my mind, I was thinking maybe he could get some more work. He only had uh, five catches in nine games last year and cut into James Cook's share a little bit, but that's not going to happen. Sorry to hear it for Naeem Hines. Jimmy Garoppolo passed his physical with the Raiders, so that is good news. Uh, Amari Cooper and Kadarius Toney had suffered injuries, apparently minor for Cooper. I don't know about for Toney, but, I mean, that's unbelievable with Tony. You know, I remember Rashad Penny got hurt very early in training camp last year, and then he, you know, came back. He was fine. He played six, seven games, whatever it was. But, Heath, can you believe this? Kadarius Tony's hurt already? I don't think it's that surprising. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. One day, that's that's kind of what happens. And and I think like there was some a, a a big positive thing that came out about Richie James being the best receiver on the first day of camp, which is makes you feel bad about Sky Moore. But but what I wrote like a month ago or, or two, month and a half ago in, in one of my dynasty wide receiver updates was if this happens, which just happened, and Kadarius Tony misses two or three weeks, like the biggest training camp riser is going to be Sky Moore going to the moon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess. Why not? <laughs> I mean, is this great? Just a question. Mm-hmm. Why not MVS? Because we know who, like he's 29 years old or something. He can't earn more than four targets per game. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, how about Dalvin Cook? So Dalvin Cook reportedly, he offered his ex-girlfriend a million dollars to send a letter to the NFL claiming that he did not abuse her, even though she had already testified under oath that he did. So she had accused him of abuse. He tried to offer her, a bribe her basically to, um, well, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that word, but he offered her a million dollars to write a letter to the NFL absolving him. So he could be facing a suspension, Dalvin Cook. Just keep that in mind if you're doing any drafts uh, anytime soon. And it might keep teams from gambling on him too. I, I I asked this yesterday. Who are the guys who have been relevant for fantasy who were like Cook and Zeke and Fournette and Hunt right now, free agents when everybody opened camp? Not guys that got cut and then picked up by somebody else, but guys who were legitimate free agents going into camp. Somebody said Deontay Foreman, Antonio Brown because he had the suspension thing hanging over his head. But, like, I just wonder if we should just be out on Cook. Yeah, I don't know. It's not but why not why not all of them? Well, because he's the only one who's really getting drafted in the first ten rounds. Oh, he's also I the best one. Um, he's the best player of. I mean, well, no, no, yeah, I agree, but I, I, I just was curious why excluding the other guys. I guess the one situation could be is if Zeke returns to Dallas, and then at least you know there's there's familiarity there, or you know for whatever reason Cream Hunt goes back to Cleveland or something like that. But yeah, I, 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 I mean, look, I, I, I don't, I don't see the the path to. Not perfection, but the path to just, you know, the the workload that we're looking for. You know, even if, you know, Dalvin goes to Miami and we know that that backfield is is not full of stars, but there's still guys that the coach likes. And the Jets would presumably be a situation where he's sharing with Brees Hall at some point, unless Hall's just not ready to play at all. Okay. All right. So many notes. Uh, Bryce Young signed his rookie contract. CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson have not. Uh, Patriots right tackle Mike Onwenu is on the pup list. He's a very good player for them starting right tackle. The Jets seem confident that Aaron Rodgers will play more than one season. Rashad Bateman is back with uh, Baltimore. Washington apparently could change its team name again. Chase Claypool, remember him? He's on the pup list for the Bears. Cleveland head coach Kevin Stefanski said Nick Chubb has done well catching the ball. Um, Detroit wide receiver Marvin Jones is on the non-football injury list. Uh... Josh Reynolds, SZN, and Detroit rookie tight end Sam Laporta is expected to have an important role right away, according to DetroitLions.com. Sam Laporta or Dalton Kincaid, who are you taking? Kincaid for now, but Laporta's a very, very intriguing option. I feel like I got bullied into taking Dalton Kincaid higher than Sam Laporta, but yes, still Kincaid. Okay. and That's, That six-game sample size is going to be interesting. That first six games without Jameson. <laughs> The Giants signed James Robinson and Cole Beasley. It's really what it's great news if you're a Giants fan. It's really what you want to see. Like well, that's what we have to do. We have to sign James Robinson and Cole Beasley. Definitely need more slot receivers. Let's take a break. When we come back, potential training camp risers and fallers after this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly 
so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, I asked you guys for some training camp risers and fallers. Jamie did all the work. Jamie, is your column out? No, I'm sorry. Wait, that sounded bad to Heath. Jamie wrote an email replying with like 70 names. So that would suffice. That would suffice. There was nothing for me to do. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, Jamie, is your column out yet? No, I have not finished it yet. It will be done later today. You're writing about this subject, though. I'm writing about training camp storylines. Okay. So just things to keep an eye on in training camp. Okay. So it's like a, a thing, things to look forward for the next month. All right, so let's talk about some risers. Jamie thinks Tua... Watson and Kyler could be risers at quarterback. Tua and Watson are quarterbacks 10 and 9 in NFC ADP in July. Kyler Murray is 22. Um, but when you think about... I guess about, we should put Anthony Richardson in this column as opposed to the other one. Yeah, you had him as a follower. I, I, was, I was looking more at our rankings and who could rise. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so I'm Richardson, that makes sense. I think that we don't have to expand on <clears> that. But when you talk about Tua and Watson, if they're going to rise, they're going to have to rise ahead of... Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, guys like that. Can they do that no matter how good their training camp is? No. So they're probably not risers then. <laughs> not from that standpoint, no. I was okay. thinking more in terms of their overall rankings for these two in particular. You know, will they get closer to the group in front of them? Because we see, you know, we, we're, we're having the conversation, obviously, first time in a long time about drafting quarterbacks early. You know, we don't typically say that. The industry, for the most part, doesn't typically say that. And so now when these quarterbacks are getting pushed up, is it forcing fantasy managers to feel like they have to take these guys a little earlier? And these two in particular, Tua and Watson, are so polarizing because I think if they have strong camps and look like they're capable of looking, we may see them in a situation where they get drafted a little bit higher. If Kyler Murray is ready, let's say he's expected to be back in week three, when would you draft him? Regular season? Yeah, yeah. This, this range, maybe a few spots higher? Yeah, I'm quite a bit higher than his ADP, which I think is 22 or something yeah. at QB. Um, QB 15 range, 15 to 18. Okay. And, yeah, I can't, I can't get over this uh, idea that I read that they're going to try to have him play under center. It just seems like if they do that, and he's coming off a toward ACL, and he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> you know, but obviously you're not investing a high pick in Kyler Murray. He already takes the uh, the seven step drop. I think he doubles it. <laughs> yeah. like he just he he runs backwards so 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 far. <laughs> All right, He's so fast. That's the thing. Potential running back risers for Jamie are Jameer Gibbs, uh, depending on the ADP you look at. But do you think Gibbs could get ahead of? I guess it would be like Ramondre Stevenson. It's kind of like a bridge running back after Pollard and Henry and before. 
Najee and Gibbs and all that. I guess could you think do you think Gibbs could flirt with the second round, the two three turn? I think the only way that happens again, if it's you know a lot of running backs go early, the two three turns a little early, but I, I I think mid mid round three is Stevenson gets Dalvin Cook, you know that type of scenario. I don't I don't think it it would it would be pretty dramatic to see Ramondre Stevenson fall like that if without company. I I think injury. Gibbs is another one in the Tua Watson um, mold that could rise in our rankings, but is unlikely to rise much, at least from RB12 in the in the running, unless David Montgomery gets hurt, obviously. But, right. I mean, he could right. go ahead of Ramondre Stevenson without rising. They just have to sign Dallin Cook. You got to think that David Montgomery could be a, a camp riser. This guy's like RB30 in ADP. I hope yes. not. It's nice to be able to find that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Javante Williams is on this list, of course. Alexander Madison. So, Jamie, what would you, you know, what would you need to see to ha- have more confidence? Not to say that you're not confident in him, but have to make a Madison into a riser. I think he's just going to rise by nature of more people drafting and in, in the spot that he's in. I don't think he should be past the fourth round, but I do think that you know when you when you talk about where he's starting from round six and in, in RB 22. You know, I think there's, he, he's one of the more polarizing people you see because, you know, depending on what you're looking at, you're looking at workload, you're looking at opportunity. People are excited about it. You look at advanced metrics and he's not the best running back with his explosive rate and, you know, the teams that he's had success against when he's replaced Dalvin cook. So, um, I think it'll just be by nature of you're looking for a potential starting running back. A guy's going to get a lot of work and has shown some flashes of, of brilliance in terms of what he's done with that work, then he'll get pushed up into the fourth round. And I think that's where he'll end up settling. Okay. I'm sorry. I got distracted here. We have an update on Naeem Hines uh, from Tom Pelissero. While sitting stationary on a jet ski, Naeem Hines was struck by another rider and sustained serious, but non life-threatening injuries. Hines will require surgery and will miss the 2023 season. Ugh, what a bomb. That's just terrible. There's, there's some thought that uh, this is a Dalvin Cook destination now. Yeah. Oh boy, that'd be interesting. That would be a that would be a long bonus pod. Um. All right. Any of the Dolphins running backs? Do these are the other guys that Jamie has as a uh, as potential risers? Any of the Dolphins running backs? They're all going around ten or later. Khalil Herbert, who's around nine ten pick RB thirty seven in NFC ADP. Uh, James Cook, round eight pick in in uh, RB thirty. Uh, Heath, your reaction to that? Any of the Dolphins running backs, Khalil Herbert, James Cook as risers? You agree with that? Yeah, I think you could just say any of the Bears running backs. It's it's whoever wins that job, and Herbert's probably the most likely, but he's going to have to prove that he can do some things that he hasn't been able to do in the past. Uh, I think we'll see Cook's rise maybe just from the way that the beat writers have responded to the Naheem Hines injury. Because there's been talk I've seen already in a couple of places about how Hines was in the mix to compete with Latavius Murray and Damian Harris for touches behind James Cook. And if that type of narrative continues, that it's it's Cook's the lead back and Harris is the, is the two, even if he's taking the short yardage work, which I think he would, then I think we see Cook maybe get up into that RB25 range. Geez, more bad news here off the injury front from Lions.com or from Tim Twentyman, who writes for DetroitLions.com. Um, uh, defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson. This is a guy who won the Super Bowl last year with the 
Eagles was really good for them. Now he's on the Lions. He went down with a right leg injury Monday and was carted off the field. He was visibly upset, and team captains Bugs and Goff made it a point to go comfort him, hoping for better news than it looked. Whew. That team did a lot to upgrade their secondary, a lot to upgrade their defense. That was part of it. That's a tough break for them. We'll see what happens there with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, anything you guys want to add here with running backs who might rise? I think whoever wins the Dolphins' job, as Heath sort of said with the Bears, same situation. You know, if we get some sort of clarity on A-Chain is this, that, and the other, he's going to be the, the more popular of the, of the trio. But Wilson and, and Mostert, and especially if there's an injury to one of those two guys, you know, the other one might you know, significantly rise. So that's, that's one to keep an eye on. And I think I think that Jamie makes a good point in that like A chain could be a big riser. If we get to right before week one and Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert's at the top of the depth chart, I don't know that they're actually going to rise that much. We're just going to convince ourselves that the young guy is going to take the job. Same thing in Chicago. I think if Deontay Foreman wins the job, I'm not sure he's going to be a huge riser, but Herbert or Roshan Johnson could make a, a big leap um if they were the clear one. Yeah, I just wonder if A chain will be in Miami will be a special teams guy and like a gadget player. You know, if he's getting any carries really before the third quarter of preseason games or anything like that. I'm curious to see cuz I mention this all the time, he's he's small, very small. Um something like 180 pounds as I recall at the combine. 187. Yeah, that's that's small. Um okay. Wide receivers who could rise. So Jamie has Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley. They're in round 4. Deontay Johnson, and then kind of later, this group of Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. But the round four guys, Judy and Calvin Ridley. So could you see Judy and Ridley going ahead of DK Metcalf at some point, getting into the middle of round three? Uh, yeah. I have it ranked that way. I know so you I, have it ranked that way, but, I know, yeah. but people aren't quite drafting it that way. I, I think Ridley is the one that, could really like if he shows up in whatever if they play their starters for a series or two in the first preseason game or the second and Lawrence is just peppering Ridley with targets and he looks like Calvin Ridley then yeah he could jump into yeah. the into the round 3 discussion for sure yeah that yes he could um not going to be round 2 for these guys but round 3 no. maybe yeah Judy I, I do wonder where people are going to be. I feel I feel like people who do fantasy rankings are going to be higher on Judy than average Joe fantasy player. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I would totally agree. Yeah, I mean, it's I I, I think anytime you you mention Jerry Judy, you you hear bust attached to his name because he's <laughs> struggled through the first three years of his career for the majority of it to battle some injuries. There's this stigma attached to the Broncos after what happened last year, what I think everybody, for the most part, is settling for these guys as opposed to wanting to draft them, which will sort of lend itself to your Russell Wilson argument. Um, but, yeah, Judy, I think, you know, if you look at the way he finished last year and, and what he profiles to be, and if he could ever live up to that, he can easily be a top 12 receiver. You know, it's going to take a little bit of a leap of faith to trust that, but he's got that upside and potential. Yeah, and I think I'm the the low guy on Judy. Um <laughs> So like he he has a great opportunity to rise in my rankings, but I've got him in round six, so I'm not getting any Jerry Judy right now. Jamie, with Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, round six through eight wide receivers, who do you think could rise the most? Oh, Marquise Brown. I mean, it's more of, you, you, you say Kyler's ready to go. 
he may jump two rounds easy. You know, I, I think, again, you know, you look at what he did at the beginning of the season last year, his opportunity, the targets he should be able to get, and a healthy quarterback. You know, even if it's not 100% of Kyler Murray, that's, I think, what's going to sway people. You know, so he's, he's a great buy right now because even with Colt McCoy, he should still be good. But he has a chance to be special with, with Kyler. Have we heard anything on Kyler Murray? I feel like they've been very quiet about it. Just that Will Brinson pissed him off. <laughs> he he came out and said something about... I don't remember what it was, though. I'll find it. Yeah, I'm just reading right now on ESPN. They just put a Cardinals training camp preview up a few hours ago. In reality, Murray may not be ready until sometime during the season. That's... Oh, all right. I mean, nobody knows. Who can you say at this point? All right, how about some tight ends who could be on the rise? You have two listed. They're both outside the top 12 in average draft position. Dalton Kincaid and Greg Dulcich. What do you, th- what do you have to say about Kincaid and Dulcich? Yeah, I was just looking at the, you know, the young tight ends, for example, who have, you know, I, I think some upside. And I think depending on where you look in terms of rankings, you know, that's what people will start to follow and probably projections, you know, for sites that, lend itself to do that for their draft rooms. Um, I, I think Kincaid is going to be the, the most popular rookie. And once you start to hear more buzz about him when training camp opens and the, the different formations that they're using him in, and Josh Allen is looking for Dalton Kincaid. And, you know, he scored this touchdown in, in a red zone drill or this touchdown in a seven on seven. You know, those things will get some hype. And I think the same thing with Dolce, who, you know, at least based on the second year tight ends right now, you know, you're looking at probably him and Trey McBride, unless I'm missing somebody, Oconquo, but, you know, we know where, where his situation is. But, the second-year tight ends, Dolchitz has probably the best upside of, of that group right now. And so if he has that, again, training camp performance, and there's been some more positive buzz. Remember, there was negative buzz when Sean Payton first took the job. Now there's more positive buzz coming out, and I think there'll be more so even so once training camp is in full swing. Uh, these are two guys, I think, that can creep into the top 12 conversation. Uh, well, we've read, mentioned Judy and Dulcich from Jamie. I got. I mean, Russell Wilson's got to be on this list, right? Uh, he just seems like such an obvious. The Broncos in. Isn't general, this why you did this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what Broncos is Russell Wilson going to do though, in the off season or in the training camp or preseason? That's going to wash the stink of last year off of him. Like he's he might be a huge riser the first month of the season in perceived value, but I can't. I just can't imagine. Is Russell Wilson going to play in the preseason? Well, I. I would think so. With a new head coach, I would think they'd want to get the starters out there a little bit for some reps. But I just think that if there's if there are positive vibes and and there's a lot of talent on offense there, there really is. And you've got Sean Payton. Look, I I think people are going to be on opposite sides of it. I'm not going to have a hard time buying into it. Some people are, but if you're like me and you can buy into Sean Payton and you don't think Russell Wilson is completely done, and if you heard Robert Turbin who was on our show last month, and I asked him, is Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson washed up? And he said, hell no. If you can buy into the bounce back, it's not going to take much. If you like Judy, if you like Dulcich, if you like Sutton even as a number three receiver, like it's not going to take much to buy into to Wilson. And then could you move him ahead of Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith? I mean, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's really asking so much. So I just think positive vibes, Heath. Positive vibes. Yeah. Well, you'll get those... They'll be corny. <laughs> from I mean, from the reporters, not from oh, him. Okay, but, no, but I think no. it's, it's, it's also, look, there's, when you say rise, is he going to get, this is, I think, what started our Dak Prescott conversation. Is he going to get to where Dak is? I don't think so. Is he going to pass Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers or Geno Smith? Whether he should or he shouldn't, I don't think he's going to. You know, and I think that's sort of where, 
the, the cutoff lies. Like I said to you, I think if you're drafting Anthony Richardson or Tua Tungabailoa, Russell's in that group of guys you want to pair with him because there's still the potential for him to be a good floor quarterback. You know, can he get you 20 to 22 points per game? I think that's where he'll end up sort of living, you know, with the chance to have some spike weeks. But the, the positives are he's got Sean Payton. He's got two offensive linemen that should make his protection better. I think uh, I, I told you I saw something where, you know, he lost 15 pounds. Yeah. You know, now, now, now he's I'm in. back. He's back <laughs> with the, the team as opposed to this stupidity of having his own office and being away from, right. you know, the guys. That was so why he every, Everything is, is, is trending in the right direction for him. And I think the biggest thing probably is that they didn't trade the receivers. You know, you remember what that, that story was at the draft of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are on the move. You know, now he has, you know, a, a pretty solid group, especially if if one of Tim Patrick or Marvin Mims can perform to maybe what their expectations are. You know, Patrick a couple years ago and Mims now. So uh, with Dolchitz as well, it's a, it's a good group. And, you know, the run game is still, I think, a little bit of a question mark, even though Javante Williams is back. So there might be a little bit more on his shoulder. So I, I, I don't think Russell Wilson ever gets back to what he was with Seattle, but he could certainly be a guy that can, you know, get you through some weeks. Adam's just waiting for me to say, I'm, I've been stuck on this. Like he has the, his weapons being a plus compared to other fantasy quarterbacks. Um, maybe. Well, compared to Daniel Jones. Yes. Well, Daniel Jones is not being drafted for his passing. Like he threw for 3000 yards last year and it was like his breaking out party. Nobody thinks Daniel Jones is going to have any success as a passer. Oh, well, that's okay. That's not true. Uh, nobody thinks nobody re- reasonably gonna, thinks that. No, I don't. I think that's unfair to Daniel Jones. I mean, I think the Giants think that. I think that you bring in Darren Waller and you hope that he just keeps developing. It wasn't under Brian unfair Nable. to Daniel Jones. Their their path to success is not. Well, I think it's you didn't it's go get a number one wide receiver. Vague what you mean by success as a passer, I guess. You could interpret it in many ways, but okay. I would take Wilson over Daniel Jones, is what I'm saying. Um but no, I mean some people believe in him, you know, and they just think that finally the time is right. But anyway, uh all right, whatever, let's move on. A- any other risers you want to talk about, Heath, before we go to fallers? No, no, I think that's good. All right, good stuff. Let's take a break when we come back. Potential ADP fallers in training camp. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. I do want to update everybody on the Baked Burger Dynasty Draft as we are now about two and a half hours in. And here are the picks so far. Okay, let's move on to the training camp <laughs> fallers. Uh, like, I w- I'm having this nightmare scenario in my head. 
the first draft pick of the startup draft of the dynasty draft, I cannot let it be an auto pick, right? I mean, he's still got three and a half hours left, but I cannot let him auto pick. It's like, it, if he lives on the West Coast, it's still 7.30 there. Right, exactly. I don't know where he Problem lives. The problem is that Adam doesn't know where these guys live. <laughs> I know he lives in America. I also know that he made a very generous donation to St. Jude, and I do not want to make him auto pick the first pick of our fantasy draft. So, no, you can't. Um, you have to pause it. Yeah. I, my, my question is, uh, did he reply... When you said the draft was starting on Monday. No, I he, e- I had to email him personally to make sure he was aware. And then I so said he, he did not email. indicate to you that he was ready to go for this draft. No, not he that he's did. not ready to go, but he you know did. what I mean? Like he was. He did. He did. Okay. Yeah. But then I emailed him again this morning and I said, hey, you're on the clock. Just want, you know, I don't know where you live, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> this is really interesting. You have Justin Fields in here as a potential faller. Um, how could that happen? What do you think? I think if he has bad training camp reports and and you know any bad preseason performances, you know he's he's a guy that I think some people are still a little bit concerned about because while he's great as a rusher, you know he was under twenty three hundred yards passing last year, and we can get excited all we want to about DJ Moore. Is that enough to put him over the top? I mean, I think we would all say yes that we're we're excited about Justin Fields, but and when I say faller, I think you know when you're starting to to see like anybody like me, I don't know where you are on this Heath in terms of. Drafting, I guess I just pulled up out of the rankings page here, but um, by comparison to Burrow or Herbert or those guys that are behind him, uh, for me at least, you know, it's easy to say, okay, I'll take those guys over him because they're safer, you know. And so, uh, if Fields hits and does what he's capable of doing, he should be an absolute fantasy star. But again, the passing is the thing that's going to have to get him there because he was on pace to be the best rushing quarterback of all time from a single season standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I think. It will be very, very concerning if we get negative camp reports about Justin Fields. I am expecting everyone to be glowing, even if he's not great. And so I I will probably drop him. Now, I think his ADP is QB 6 or 7 right now. I don't know that I'd drop him below that, but I've got him either 4th or 5th. I've kind of gone back and forth between him and Lamar. Um, I could see dropping him down to 6th, maybe even 7th. You and I have the same first seven quarterbacks. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Jackson, Fields, Burrow, Herbert. And the only thing Dave differs on is Dave has Burrow four, Fields five, Jackson six. It's really painful to have to put Justin Herbert seventh, isn't it? <laughs> it's like doesn't feel no, right. It's it's it's, oh, no. uh, it's not it's not painful, but it's it's great to draft him. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I I would say that if Justin Fields has a bad training camp or preseason, and there are bad reports. I would present the argument of of buying the dip because he wasn't he wasn't a good passer last year and he was QB six per game and in the last nine games of the season he was QB four per game, QB three and four point per passing touchdown league. So I think he's already shown that he can be a kind of a negative as a passer. I mean, he was on pace for two thousand five hundred forty one yards, nineteen touchdowns, and twelve interceptions. That's like Daniel Jones would look down on that. Not the touchdowns part, I guess, but um <laughs> But he's already shown Justin Fields that he can be close to elite if uh, if he's a bad passer or throw has bad passing statistics. So I I think I would I think I would probably you know at least present that argument of buying the dip if there are negative reports on Fields. So I just did okay. Um, yep. Running backs: Barkley, Jacobs, Brees, Hall, Dobbins. Let's talk about potential fallers at running back that aren't injury injury related. Um, do you want to throw out names or would you like me to? 
Heath, anybody you want to get in there? Uh, yeah, I, I do not have additional names. You go ahead. Okay, I don't have any either, but let's figure it out. How <laughs> I about... can see, uh, uh, depending on, again, what the ADP is, but guys like Rashad White, <laughs> who don't have a lot of competition, but people question, can he handle being the lead guy? I could see, um, uh, who was I just thinking of? Sorry. Uh, Akers is another one. You know, if he has another disappointing practice reports because they're not going to play him in the preseason. That's the one I think that could fall. And if you get maybe any sort of Devin Singletary looks great and Damian Pierce does not, yeah, you know that's one I think you could see some some negative spin on as well. Um, I think Ramondre, obviously, with all the flirtation they've done with veteran running backs, any of those guys get signed and, and he's going to fall. And I mean, if we get more about Jalen Warren's going to be on the yeah, field more, that's right. then Najee could maybe I don't know where Najee's at in ADP. I've got him at RB seventeen, so. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I'm looking at fantasy sharks or draft sharks, and he's RB11. He's at the 2-3 turn. Uh, he's ahead of Brees Hall, Travis Etienne. I think, actually, pretty much all of the round three running backs could be fallers. If you're talking about Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, with, if there are more Bigsby reports, uh, Ken Walker is in this ADP. I don't know about that. Um, Jameer Gibbs, if he's a round three pick, all of those guys uh, could... Could be fallers. And Tony Pollard is obviously one as well. If although I also wonder if he could be a riser. I feel like right now his ADP might be kind of in between the Zeke scenarios. He's a mid to late round two pick. Well, he's a mid to late round two pick, but he's RB seven or eight, right? I got him as RB nine on draft nine, sharks okay. and I would just say he's got the same ADP as Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um which I get, but it also, like, that's one where we could look back and feel pretty dumb about it. Yeah, RB7 on F- NFC. All right. Um, wide receivers. Potential fallers. All right, this is a guy you really like, Christian Watson. So is that— I'm surprised by his ADP that he's the 24th receiver. I, I, I would expect him to be higher, so this is probably wrong to say he's a faller. Oh, you're at saying that he's higher in your rankings. Yes, like I said, I was looking at rankings when doing this. I probably should have looked at ADP. So, um, but yeah, I, I would expect him to fall if he has Jordan Love stinks reports attached to him. I'm also, you know, I was going to put Romeo Dobbs in the potential riser thing because that was some of the talk during mini camps that Dobbs was the favorite target for Love. And if we see that again in training camp, is that something that would take you off of Christian Watson, Jamie? No, but it would make me more excited about Dobbs. Again, you know, we, we see this all the time. Yes, there's going to be a number one receiver, but there's also going to be secondary targets that are going to be successful. And I think when you look at it, this is a very barren receiving core, you know, at least based on on paper. You know, so it's so young, you know, especially if the top three guys are who we expect it to be with Watson, Dobbs, and Reed. And then, you know, Musgrove, Musgrave, whatever his last name is, I apologize, um, the tight end. You know, so this is a, this is a group that, you know, has has plenty of, t- of potential and upside, but also a lot of pitfalls. And so, you know, Watson and Dobbs in their second season, I think both are going to be competing for, you know, Jordan Love's attention. But even if one is not significantly better than the other, that's just going to make that second guy, which in this case, you would be a little bit down on Watson, but really excited about Dobbs if he's, you know, close in, in target potential to what Watson should be. Yeah, and I think, I think Dobbs was even held down a little bit when Jaden Reed was drafted because there are people who like Reed more than Dobbs. It, I think Dobbs will rise even if it just becomes clear he's the clear number two. 
And you've got two Bucks receivers on this potential followers list, and they're obviously Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and I understand the concerns here. My question is, are Godwins and Evans, I'll go to Heath first. If Godwins, Godwin's wide receiver 27, about a round five pick. Evans is wide receiver 33, round seven or so. You know, could the quarterback situation get any worse? Or is it already baked into the ADP? No, no, no. Did you watch uh, DJ Moore last year? <laughs> um, it, it could absolutely. I'm lower than ADP on both of these guys right now. Um, so I think the only the only case for them having a good uh, or rising would be that somehow the Bucks talk Tom Brady out of coming out of retirement. Um, I don't think. I think I don't think it should go up with Baker Mayfield. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to do something in camp or the preseason that's going to make people feel better about him. This is another one of those situations where at OTAs, like a lot of the reports were about how bad Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask both were. Um, yeah. If that continues, then I think these guys will fall. Is it is it too early to assume it's going to be Baker Mayfield? Do you think Kyle Trask has a legit shot of winning this job? <clears throat> I don't think so. Based on everything that I read, you know, uh, I think there was even one of the Bucks beat writers was saying, you know, the they'll give Kyle Trask his opportunities, and it will come at the detriment of Baker Mayfield getting first team reps that he needs. Yeah, I don't have either one of them ranked in my top thirty-two quarterbacks. Okay, Michael Pittman as a potential faller. So I actually thought, Jamie, that maybe he could be a riser because if Gardner, I feel like if Richardson I get, I, falls. I, I, when I first looked at ADP, when I did a uh, bus column a few months ago, yeah. following the draft, he was still being drafted as a starter. So okay. to see that he's third, wide receiver 32 is a little surprising to me. But yes, I would agree with you. He could be a riser. But I, I was, again, looking more at, I think, where, where Richardson was ranked and assuming that Pittman was still in that same range. But you'd rather see Minshew for Pittman, right? Yes. Um, from a floor standpoint, yes. From a stealing standpoint, no. Okay. I, Heath, how about you? Who's got? Does Pittman have a higher ceiling with with uh, Richardson or Minshew? I I would think it's possible that like in a year or two he has a better ceiling with Richardson, but I think right now he has a better ceiling with Minshew because I just don't. I think they'll throw it four hundred and fifty times if Richardson's starting seventeen games. I think that the problem is even if Minshew wins the job week one, or or let's say Richardson loses it, you just you, you know at any moment they could easily go to Richardson. That's always going to be hovering over Pittman. I would be surprised, and this I mean I don't know anything, but I would think if they think Richardson's close, he'll just start week one. Like if if Minshew's starting, that would I would think that Richardson's probably a yeah, little ways away. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, but we've already had their owner come out and say that Minshew will be better in week one than Richardson would be. So it is just a matter of how well, big I think is that, that like gap. Everybody should accept that. It's true. It's just how big of a – I think it's it's not about who will be better for the team to win. It's about is Richardson close enough to not be detrimental to his own development by right. being out there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, and finally, tight end Kyle Pitts. You have as a potential faller. In ADP, he's tight end five. He's around six pick. Uh, what's your interpretation here of Pitts? Again, it's, you know, he's a very polarizing fantasy option. You know, based on his talent, he should be a much better fantasy producer. But we know the offense that he plays in and the coach that he plays for, and it's just a matter of, and the quarterback he has, all those things working against him too much that, you know, I think people look at it and say, okay, is it safer 
to chase, or is it is it safer to avoid chasing the upside of what Pitts can be and, and take one of the more reliable tight ends, whether it be Darren Waller or George Kittle or Dallas Goddard and those guys. And so I think that's just the decision fantasy manager is going to have to you know, come to grips with. On top of the fact that he's still coming back from knee injury that kept him out of minicamp. You know? So if he's, if he's banged up by any stretch, that might push down his, his ADP as well. Okay. I mean, do you, is there something that would develop other than an injury offensively, a development for this team that would hurt Kyle Pitts or, you know? They, they named Taylor Heineke the starter. Oh wow. Is that in the realm of possibility? <laughs> if Ritter stinks, maybe. I mean, I I would assume that Arthur Smith needs to compete for the division this year for his job's sake. So I think he's probably going to start whoever he thinks is better. So why would that be bad for Pitts if Heineke's better than Because we know what Taylor Heineke is. We have hope that Desmond Ritter could be better than Taylor Heineke. Um I would almost think though it's your Gardner Minshew argument that Heineke would be better for those guys than Ritter would be. Yeah. Just in terms of you know veteran versus young quarterback. If, if I'm not mistaken, Heineke last year was great for McLaurin, right? Or was it the opposite? I think McLaurin like popped with Heineke and kind of stumped with everyone Wentz else. I think Wince was great for McLaurin. It was, was throwing it the ball like 35 percent of the time. Um, I don't yeah, know. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. I think it was Wentz. Um. Okay. Well, maybe Heine- let me just say Heineke was great for the tight end. <laughs> No, JK. All right, thank you, everybody. Good show. Good stuff. Just saw an update that Amari Cooper's knee injury is apparently minor. Could be back out there any day. So Adam Teicher tweeted that Kadarius Tony was not on the field at the start of practice today. I'm so, It's just unbelievable. First day of camp. I don't know how anybody's taking Kadarius over Sky Moore right now. Right now. No. I still That's- would. There's your training camp faller after one day. He just fell like four rounds. Actually, I don't know if I would now with the knee, but I would have yesterday. Yeah, I mean, what did I say to you two weeks ago that I'm taking Sky Moore? You got lucky with, with the injury. No, it's just, it, I mean, it's, it's enough of uh, what their roles are. And who, they both did nothing last year. I mean, let, let's face it. You know, they, they both did absolutely nothing with the Chiefs. You know, they had, they had two moments. They, had, they each had a moment in the Super Bowl. Tony had a special teams moment. They both caught a touchdown. Andy Reid has talked up both these guys. Sky Moore is going to be the slot receiver. I think that's big. Yeah, it's just he had such a bad rookie season. At least I've seen Kadarius Tony be a good wide receiver. We just haven't seen a productive oh, if, wide if, receiver. If he plays, he should be better. But you got to bake that into it, Mr. Bake Burgers. you got to bake <laughs> in the, the, the injury risk. That's the question is, do you? I mean, it's easy to say that now. What do you mean do? Of course you do. Well, look, some people would say no. Some people would say I never – I mean, that's you've heard this for Chris Towers and Dan Schneider. I'm pretty, they say this no, I'm pretty injury agnostic. Yeah, yeah, right. You you don't project injuries typically, so some but people you just never don't project care. injuries. But when when if it's two players that you're comparing and there's there's you're, you're nitpicking between the two guys, you have to obviously factor something in. But I'm not I'm not nitpicking them if I'm not factoring in the injuries. Like if they're both playing 17 games, I could obviously be wrong about this because we don't know what Sky Moore is. I'm not saying that he's bad and is destined to be bad. But if they're both playing 17 games, then it's an easy Kadarius Tony call for me. Uh, so I'm not nitpicking them in that regard where the injury is the tiebreaker. The injury situation is the only thing that's making it close right now. That's the way I interpret it anyway. But I think role matters too. What's wrong with Kadarius Tony's role? I think there's a better chance of Sky Moore getting more targets and more opportunities than there is for Kadarius Tony. All right. But if I but they were both playing seventeen games, you would have who ranked higher? Oh, I would take Kadarius Tony. 
Um, what percent? <laughs> I would want further clarification because, like, Kadarius Tony was still a, a 20, 30 percent snap share guy, guy in a lot of games last year. Like, is he playing 17 games as we're going to design five plays for you a game? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I would think he would have a, a legitimate role and he yeah. would run, you know, most of the routes, many of the routes at least. Uh, all right. Um, Hate him missing time when he's trying to learn Andy Reid's offense. It's, it's not good. Very complicated. Very weird offense that it could be the highest scoring team in football. And it's possible they have two good fantasy options, you know? All right. We are out of here, everybody. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.